Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. This is not only a skill of attraction, but it's also a skill of showing someone that you are interested in them, whether it's a job or whether it's a friendship. It's just a really good skill to have is to make sure that you're making eye contact. If it can sustain love, why wouldn't we just pay attention to something that is just so simple? The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together. And as always, we're so glad you joined us. Happy weekend, Dr. Linda. Yay! I'm not a weatherman. I I never have pretended to be, but I do want to make this weather assessment. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Valentine's Day takes place in February, and in most of the country, it's cold. But the thing is, when the weather starts to warm up and it becomes more spring-like, that's when I would say we would be more apt to feel like love is in the air. Wow. What wound you up this morning? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Great topic, I guess. I I don't know what it is. Do I need to call your wife? (laughs) No. Tell her you're in a mood. (laughs) You may worry her. I wouldn't do that. Well, you sound like you are in a good mood. It's always a nice thing to have when we're doing the show. And actually, it's going to prepare us for, I think, a fun conversation today about like and love. That's right. It has nothing to do necessarily with Valentine's Day, like I brought up. But we just want to do our part uh, in helping people like each other and then maybe even find love. I mean, After all, this is a relationship show. That's right. I'm the relationship doctor. So we're going to talk about some really fun things that you should notice when you're in a relationship. So let me start with this little scenario. Okay, Chris, let's say you're bored. You're Mm -hmm. staying in all day. You head out to your local coffee shop armed with a book, Mm. and you're ready for a hot caramel macchiato. (laughs) Let's let's clear one thing up first. Uh, you will never hear me order a hot caramel ma- ma- what macchiato. <laughs> and you said caramel. That is actually the correct way That's to right. say it. That's right. Yeah. But in the north, we always said caramel. Caramel, right? <laughs> so, but I, I my daughter actually had the correction in one of her classes in high school of what mm. words we say wrong. That yeah. was one of them. So caramel macchiato, yes. which you really wouldn't order, but no. that really isn't the point of the story here. <laughs> so, okay, what would you order? Oh, uh, just black coffee oh my gosh black that's coffee. so that is so boring you would go to a coffee shop and get black coffee you you can have a caramel matchy maki whatever <laughs> i'll get a black coffee all right well let's let me let me direct this then to the listeners okay who <laughs> okay. they might order a caramel right. macchiato right let's say it's it's somebody listening who's female and as she settles into her little corner of the cafe you notice a man at a table glancing at you mm. well actually He might be staring at you, not in a creepy way, but a friendly, sort of smiling type of way. Let's verify that he's not staring in a creepy way. (laughs) Of course, not in a creepy way, right? right. But you do notice that he's glancing over at you. You kind of look away. Then you go back to your book, which honestly isn't that interesting is this little game that's starting to play out, right? At least you think he might be interested in you because he keeps looking your way. But you're not going to stare back because that would be too direct. However, out of the corner of your eye, 
you notice his sort of broken gaze keeps coming your way. It's a little bit exciting, but is there anything to this? No, you've been reading too many rom-coms. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> I do like a good romantic comedy, I will say. And actually, whoever's out there producing those things, please make a few more of those mm. because there's so much dark stuff on TV and right. in the media. I'd like the rom-coms are fun. <laughs> but actually, there is something important going on in our little pretend story here. It's actually very realistic because it's all about, not the base, but it's all about the <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> And you're referring to the looking at, then the looking away, the the game of staring, but trying not to stare, that whole thing. Yeah, you got it. But, you know, eye contact really is a powerful weapon, if you want to call it that, mm. for showing somebody that there is a clue here that they're either interested in you, they may like you, they may want to get to know you. So much so, Chris, that even strangers can feel attraction to each other just from making eye contact. So people who have never met complete strangers uh, can feel this way. Yeah. In fact, a number of years ago, there was a study that researchers did where they randomly assigned opposite sex partners that were strangers to do one thing. They sat at a table and all they had to do for two minutes was stare into each other's eyes. And after those two minutes, when they just did that, they didn't talk, they didn't do anything but stare at each other. After that, they assessed them and they said, well, how do you feel about each other? And the people who actually stared into each other's eyes for two minutes, now are you ready for this conclusion? They reported feeling passionate love for each other. Passionate? See, yes. fast, fast forward 40 years and what you'll have is, uh, Grandma and Granddad, how did you guys meet? <laughs> well, there was this uh, random study going on and we sat down and next thing you know, we got married. We're the staring couple, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, look, I, I'm just reporting the study. I didn't actually do it. But but it is interesting that what they learned is that you can build attraction just by staring into a person's eyes. And here's why. When you stare lovingly into a person's eyes, you release a chemical. It's called phenylethiamine. And it's a chemical responsible for feelings of attraction. Don't they find the same uh, chemical in chocolate? Because we've talked about this before on the show. Man, you're paying attention. Yeah, it is found in chocolate, too, which is why we say we love chocolate. The love chemical oxytocin also though, was responsible for feelings of bonding and commitment. So there's more to those chemical reactions that are going on in your body. But here's the bottom line of that. In addition to those biochemical reactions, you might be thinking, hey, am I signaling something else with the way I'm looking at that person? Actually, no, I was not thinking that. But no. I, <laughs> what, I was, what I was thinking of was I'd like to have a nice piece of chocolate cake. But that's beside the <laughs> point. Let, let's continue the conversation. All right. Thanks for staying with me. When we talk about glancing and gazing into another person's eyes, there was a study that found that most men have to see that glance and gaze at least three times hmm. to really think, oh, maybe somebody's flirting with me. And what was fun in the study, Chris, is they said, and if uh, the man is really slow at picking up the clues, <laughs> it takes about five times. <laughs> the truth is there are plenty of men who don't get it at all. They I know. never see it. I know. But again, we're just talking about looking into someone's eyes. You know, I was thinking about this, though, and I was thinking this is partly the way sometimes an affair happens. If there's a lot right. of looking at each other and eye contact going on in there, 
that there is something about that when you're constantly looking into someone else's eyes. And so what we're really talking about is an appropriate type of glancing and staring at somebody to show interest. And again, appropriate staring. That's the important part we want to keep repeating. Right. Researchers also conducted a speed dating experiment to find out more about eye-to-eye contact with strangers. Now, you and I probably never did speed dating. Did you ever do that? No, never have. It wasn't even around when I was dating. (laughs) So it wasn't even a thing. But what they did is they looked at couples who were involved in speed dating. And in their study, romantic attraction in this study did not develop. So it's designed for romance, but no passionate love this time. No, not like the other one. But Mm -hmm. here's what they found that when you gave eye contact to someone in that speed dating situation, it actually lowered the person's feelings of uncertainty and it increased their willingness to disclose things about themselves. So what they found was that the eye contact allowed the other person to open up and tell you things. So eye contact lets someone open up and talk more about themselves. It, It does make sense because if someone is looking at you when you are talking, that signals that they are interested in you. And we would both agree that that's really a good thing when you're trying to develop a friendship or if you're even interested in that person for maybe a love relationship. The study also pointed out something else. Eye contact was better than asking the person a bunch of questions. You know how when you go into a dating scenario, there's the old thing about writing questions on your hand and having stuff to talk about. Eye contact does all of that. And that, I would think, takes the pressure off. It really does, especially when you, like you said, you're kind of nervous. You don't really know what to say. If you can just have appropriate eye contact with someone, it sort of relaxes the interaction. And then you start to, you know, talk to each other and tell each other things. So that's a much better way of getting a person to open up and talk. And so why not just do the easy thing, which is giving them really good eye contact? Yeah, it sounds like a lot is happening in those windows of the soul, which is our eyes. I know you have a few more secrets about what the eyes communicate, Dr. Linda. But first, we need to take a short break. When we come back, more secrets of like and love. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder, you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or on all of your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. Dr. Linda, I don't think you have a book on secrets of like and love, but you certainly blog on this topic often. And there is more to talk about when it comes to the eyes. Pay attention, optometrists. You may already know this next one. But I'm really guessing that most people didn't know this because I had no idea when I read this. Did you know that women are attracted to the size of a man's pupil in their eyes? Isn't that wild? Mm, No, I hadn't heard that. The larger the pupil is, the better. 
So staring into the eyes of a man with large pupils can prompt attraction. It's kind of I'm not really sure how you control that, and you know, but that's one of the things that shows attraction. What happens if he has the glasses that make his eyes look really big? Yeah. Well, might, it's probably very attractive might according be a thing, to the study. Right. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, this one's crazy. Who notices this stuff? I think people who get lots of research dollars mm, <laughs> to look yeah. at this field and look at love and attraction, they're always looking for a way to figure out what makes a person want to be with that other person. And that was from a 2019 study that confirmed this research apparently has been going on since the 1960s, Chris, in the 70s. Mm. But our pupils dilate when we see something arousing or do something mentally challenging. I have never noticed that. About anybody. The only thing I've noticed it on is in Disney movies when they're in love, their eyes get really big. Oh, that's true. Check that out next time. Yeah, That is true. So larger pupils signal interest. So much so that this is what they did. They had people rate photos of models Hmm. and they rated them as more attractive if their eyes had been altered to make their pupils larger. (laughs) What could, I mean, I want to know where they get research dollars for that kind of right. study. That would be a fun study to do. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if I've ever even noticed the size of someone's pupils. Yeah, I, I know I haven't, at least not consciously. But think about this. Romantic encounters, if you think about it, where do they take place? They take place in these very dimly lit places because mm. everyone's pupils dilate and they create this impression of mutual attraction. So I bet you that's on purpose. That is true. I hadn't thought of that. And But pupils can dilate for all kinds of reasons unrelated to the like and love tips we have here. I know. That's true. I mean, a, a friend of mine got hit in the head and he had a concussion and it made one of his pupils bigger than the other. Yeah. So, you know, we've all had that experience of going to the optometrist and right. having our eyes dilated and things. So you can't just go by that. But <laughs> it is interesting to me that when you're sitting in a very romantic restaurant, that the lights are dimmed like mm, that. And yeah. that's part of what happens. And that's probably what they're counting on. And we just never knew these things. Now, I know no one can see me because this is radio, but I have my eyes closed because <laughs> I don't want you to analyze me, Dr. Linda. <laughs> I can't see what your eyes are looking at at this moment. Stop. Stop looking at me. But, you know, it's one of those nonverbal signs that we don't pay attention to. Mm. You know, the other thing is, is that when you have your eyes closed, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. that's nonverbal, too. That usually tells me you're disappointed. You're upset at something that's going on right now. I'll start wearing sunglasses in here if I have to. So you can't see my eyes and, and tell what I'm doing. Well, let's get back to eye contact because we know that there's something good there we can do. So there was a researcher named Zick, and I've never even heard that name. Mm. I don't know if I copied it wrong or his name was Zach and I put (laughs) Zick in there. I'm not sure. But he discovered that couples who sustained love over the years made eye contact around 75% of the time when they talked to each other. So regularly looking at that person, staring into their eyes is one of those things that really helps sustain love. Eye contact stimulates all those feel-good chemicals and intimacy that we talked about, and it continues to build over the years. And guess what? You want to keep love alive? You want to sustain love? That doesn't cost any money. You don't have to take anybody out to dinner or do anything, Mm, but it's one of those things that will make love last. And it's pretty easy to do once you understand how powerful that gaze can be. So now I'm thinking about this. Maybe assess my own percentage that you know I look at Sharon in the eye. Yeah, that's right. You know, maybe all this time that we spend on screens, 
we've lost some of that power mm-hmm. of eye contact. And fortunately, this is a strategy we can do anytime. So put down the devices, all of you right now, and look at your significant other. Chris is going to do it. It's a mm-hmm. challenge. He's right. putting a challenge out. <laughs> and I think we just like people who look us in the eye, especially when we make conversation. It certainly shows interest, and it certainly is something that is easy to do, like we're saying. But even giving eye contact just 30% of the time has been shown to significantly increase people remembering what you say. So this is a really good skill to cultivate. I mean, just think if you're talking to a boss or someone, they're going to show interest, even if you do it 30% of the time. So we do need to say that in some cultures, I do want to mention this, Chris, eye contact is a sign of disrespect. So you have to be careful and you have to know the other person's cultural background and what eye contact means in that culture. I think sometimes too much eye contact can make people feel uncomfortable. Well, if it's certainly if it's seen as threatening, because um, there are people who stare you down in not mm. so good ways, right? And when somebody is disagreeing with you and they give you that stare, right? I mean that that isn't always a sign of attention of like I like <laughs> you and I want to be interested in it. It's like something bad's going to happen. It's what we call in our household the disappointed dad look. That's right. But, but you you can certainly tell when that's happening. I've been known to use that one, and it works very <laughs> that's well. That's right. <laughs> But what about when we're not necessarily talking about when someone is angry? There are people who just use eye contact maybe a little bit too much, and they may not even know they're doing it. But it can be a little disconcerting when someone just does not break that stare when they are in a conversation with you. Yeah, if you think back at what we were saying when in that little scenario with the coffee <laughs> that you would order that was black, <laughs> right. it was sort of the give and take, right? So it was mm. the glancing away, glancing at, you know, back at the person, kind of a little bit of a game like you called it. And that makes the difference. But when you are talking to someone on a regular basis and you're looking them in the eye through the whole time, don't you feel like you're being seen by that person? Mm. You're being heard. And one of the complaints that I hear from bosses today is that a lot of the Gen Z or the millennials are not giving good eye contact when they're in those type of meetings. And so this is not only a skill of you know, attraction and interest, but it's also a skill of showing someone that you are interested in them whether it's a job or whether it's a friendship, it's just a really good skill to have is to make sure that you're making eye contact. And certainly, Chris, if it can sustain love in any relationship or it can create a better friendship for people, why wouldn't we just pay attention to something that is just so simple? That is true, Dr. Linda. We've talked so much about eyes. The eyes have it. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Good one. Dad joke. Sorry. <laughs> but we do need to take a quick break. When we return, more on nonverbal communication that tells whether you might be in like or in love. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. Hi there, this is Dylan Valencia, the technical producer for the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And I went out and asked some lovely human beings how they know when someone is starting to fall in love with them. Let's take a listen. What is the primary way that you personally know when someone is attracted to you? Tone of voice. Tones change, especially the longer they speak to you. Or if someone else is around, you'll under- they adjust their tone when they're talking to someone else. 
than when they're talking to me. He leaned in more, so also body language, leaning in a little more when you're talking to me, even from a distance. They'll look at your mouth and they'll try to keep eye contact. Girls will try to keep eye contact. Guys will try to be physically close to you and their body will be pointed towards you. I've learned from my husband. Oftentimes he'll call and say, did I tell you I love you today? And he'll say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. So it does take intentionality because oftentimes we treat people on the street better than we treat the people that do love us and that we're around and with every day. There is actually some research done that the movement of your eyebrows can tell someone if you are attracted to them. What are your thoughts on this? Facial expressions, all the muscles that are there are connected with so many nerves in your brain. And I can see how certain nerve pathways can cause involuntary movement of your eyebrows whenever you are having a conversation with someone that you may be attracted to. Wow. Well, we got some phenomenal answers from some amazing people. Back to you, Dr. Linda and Chris. Hey, thanks, Dylan. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. And remember, our podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Just go to myfaithradio.com or where you get your favorite podcast. And Dr. Linda, that was Dylan's first Man on the Street segment, and I'd say he did a pretty good job. I think it's awesome. He's mm. just going to go out and talk to people and get some feedback for us so we can hear what other people think. That's right. I think we'll have a lot of fun with that. We will hear more from Dylan on the next few shows. And one thing that the one person mentioned was eyebrows and how that plays into this eye contact type thing that we've been talking about on this show. And we've talked about what the eyes say, but is there anything to the eyebrows? When someone is mad or disappointed, their eyebrows go down and become furrowed. But Dr. Linda, what happens on the positive side? Well, it's a good point. And it was interesting that somebody noticed that uh, Mm, when he asked him about expressions of sort of like, because they are expressive of our inner feelings. They're not supposed to be motionless. So if you're looking at somebody and their eyebrows are not moving, that is not good. (laughs) You want their eyebrows to move around a little bit. You don't want them to stay real stationary. The only thing you don't want them to do is to raise their eyebrows in complete disbelief of what you just said. That's right. But to <laughs> to look at their eyebrows and see that they're moving, and if the person is smiling, all of that's a really good combination. That's a clue that they're interested, they're with you, and there is actually something, Chris, called the eyebrow flash. Ooh, that sounds dangerous. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from the people who study these things, right? The mm, people yeah. that are looking at all this. So the flashing of your eyebrows, this is what they say, shows signs of pleasing, So when we flash, we arch our eyebrows less than one-fifth of a second. Hmm. And the most gravity-defined behavior is (laughs) – again, I'm just laughing because somebody has to watch all of that and measure the one-fifth of a second in this study. But all of that is supposed to be positive. It's like it's an emphasis, you know, when you're talking, if your eyebrows are moving. And in fact, when you look at little babies and, you know, the mom's talking to the baby and the Mm -hmm. baby, babies have that response and they recognize that eyebrow flash. Can't believe I'm hearing myself say this, but flash people with your eyebrows when you like them. (laughs) That's right. You got it. You got it. Only the eyebrows can flash, though. Right. And people do this around the world, and it shows that they really have interest or they like something. If their eyebrows are moving, they're happy to see you. So then what about winking? Is that still a thing? Well, again, I'm going to go back to a study here, male and female actors in college campuses, Mm. and they went to a shopping mall and they winked at strangers. So how would you like to be hired to do that? 
I don't think, I, I could <laughs> Dylan's not. winking at me. He's, <laughs> he's winking at me because I said that. But um, so anyway, they were participants and they asked the people, what does the wink mean? And the most common result they found was that a wink was most commonly associated with thankfulness hmm. and friendliness and even flirtation. And these are such small things, yet they communicate in big ways. Uh, let's talk about other nonverbal communication. How about the way a person stands in a group? Does that signal anything? So let's say you're standing around the coffee pot at work mm -hmm. and a person of interest is talking to someone else, but they keep their chest and more importantly, their feet turned towards you. So that's a good sign that someone might be interested in you or attracted to you. So a turned torso is good. And what are the feet doing? How do you notice body and feet and keep that needed eye contact when you're looking at someone's foot position, Dr. Linda? I can't, I can't keep up with all this. <laughs> Well, you're not staring at their feet and body. You're just noticing it, oh, right? So okay. you can break the eye contact, Chris, for a few seconds and you can look. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to sit there and stare at that. And also, Chris, the researchers say women and men tend to keep their body torsos turned towards the people they have an attraction to, even if their heads and eyes are directed elsewhere. So now I'm going to make this even more confusing for you because now i got to pay attention to where the head and the eyes are in addition to the feet and the torso. Mm, wow. <laughs> this yeah. is too much? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, according to the Center for Nonverbal Studies, so there you go. That's the group that's looking at all of this. Aiming the upper body conveys a greater feeling of liking than mm -hmm. when the body is angled away from you. And here's one that's really easy to think about. Leaning forward suggests that someone's really friendly, while leaning backwards expresses that they're somewhat in a negative pose. It makes sense, especially the leaning forward part, because when people lean back, it makes me think that they are trying to get away from me. Well, or they just don't want to be in a conversation, right? And then what about the arms? I know when I don't like a conversation, I tend to cross my arms. That means something, according to our researchers. Again, our body researchers. We're just going to call them the body researchers. So women tend to assume an open arm position when turned towards someone that they're attracted to, but they will often cross their arms when they're speaking to someone they dislike or are not attracted to. But I think you kind of know that intuitively, don't you? I don't know if I consciously think about this stuff or not, because I guess it would help if you were trying to gauge if someone is into your conversation. And since I'm married, I'm not trying to figure out attraction issues with other people. But certainly when people like you, the communication goes better. You're more open to listening and working together. And, you know, all of this this body movement that we're talking about and paying attention to that, that could really help you even when you're teaching your kids. Because this is part of what we're talking about is emotional intelligence, reading the signals, reading the room, trying to figure out what people are saying. And sometimes they're saying something and their body language is telling a very different story. And speaking of marriage, I've heard of this thing called mirroring. What is that? Because I think it relates to what we're talking about. If you watch people in love, you'll notice something very interesting. Uh, they tend to mirror each other's physiological rhythms. Now, stay with me on this. This is called a mirroring. What they're doing is they're just actually matching another person's movement. So in other words, they mimic each other's movements and gestures and that type of thing. Yes, and that's what the researchers found. So think of the people you know who have been married for a long time. They do this. And if you're interested in someone, this could help. So let's say you're chatting up that guy over a cup of coffee. Watch his nonverbal closely. Does he pick up the cup after you take a sip? Does he run his fingers through his hair after you run your fingers through your hair? That matched movement could be a definite sign of attraction. 
And at the very least, it's a sign unconsciously that there's some unconscious connection that something is going on. So as we close our show today, just remember your body speaks and what you do with it really matters. Your facial expression, the gestures, the posture, the tone of your voice are very powerful communication tools. They can build interest and trust, and they also communicate how you feel. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mental, our engineer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation, our technical engineer, Dylan Valencia, from all of us here at Faith Radio. Hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.